Warner Solicitors provide advice on a range of legal matters to individuals, families and businesses. The leading legal directories regularly recognise Warners as offering some of the best legal advice in the region. This series of podcasts will give you an insight into some of the legal issues that may affect you and your family. Hello and a very warm welcome to another podcast with Warner's Law. And today I'm joined by Fiona Taylor, I'm delighted to say, a partner in Warner's private client team. Fiona, welcome. Thank you. Good to have you with us. Fiona, last time we covered the basic information on what is probate and how you obtain the grant of probate. Now, what topics are we going to cover today? What's, what's your plan of action here? Well, I thought it would be useful in this podcast to pick up on a few things that are sort of a recurring theme that I see crop up time and time again when I'm administering estates and ones that can cause quite a lot of headaches. But in actual fact, if you think about it now, they're relatively easy to fix. OK, well, I've heard a lot of people talk about chattels, for example. Could you tell us what they are? Well, chattels are, uh, another word for them is personal if, or household effects. They're all your furniture, your jewellery, your clothes, your books, your cars, uh, garden equipment, all the things that are movable in your house. And they are part of your estate and they can be quite valuable. So, you know, if you've got an antique table or exquisite jewellery or a designer watch or a very posh car, then they're part of your estate. All chattels, whatever value, have to be valued for inheritance tax purposes. That isn't the problem that we come across because that's relatively easy for us to advise on and put you in touch with some valuers. The issue we have is people not quite knowing how to distribute their chattels. So very often in a will, when people come and see us, we'll talk about this and we'll point and they'll say, oh, well, I don't know what I want to do and I've got too many things to think about now. And we say, well, why don't you just say in your will, I'm going to leave my chattels to my trustees and they have to carry out any wishes that I leave or make known on a piece of paper to them. And it's called a, a letter of wishes. So they're very useful documents because if you go down that route and you actually do your letter of wishes, you can change it, you can update it. And um, you can keep that at home with you. You don't have to come in and change your will. And it can be very flexible as well because you can simply say that you want various different people to choose. So, for example, four children. If you've got four children, you might say, well, let's take turns and swapping in order so they get a chance to choose. Or you might say, I want my children to share everything equally or I want them to sell everything or I want my friends to choose a book or something like that. But the problem comes often if people don't actually do one of these because then the executors are left scratching their heads. So my first tip is if you're going to have a clause in your will with a letter of wishes, do bother to do one because it really helps everyone else. <laughs> Good advice. And what about if I think my beneficiaries are going to argue about a certain item? Well, sadly, that does happen. And mm. um, sometimes chattels can really sort of fan the family flames of emotion. I would say that if you know there's going to be a dispute, then put it in your will because that is legally binding. So you can put a clause in your will that says, I give my diamond ring to Jane and my clock to Peter and my picture to 
Claire, for example, that the thing is, make sure you describe it properly. So some lucky people have, for example, three diamond rings. And it's no point just sort of saying my diamond ring to so-and-so if you don't actually describe it properly. So photos can be a good idea as well. If you're going to start putting specific items in your will, then it can be a good idea to have some photos somewhere perhaps stored with the, with your will at home so that people know what's going on. But bear in mind that if you put a specific item in your will and then by the time you've died it's lost or it's been sold, then generally that person misses out on that item. So that's one to watch. Do you know something comes to mind is the Antiques Roadshow <laughs> when uh, suddenly Grandad's Rolex watch is valued at £25,000. Yeah. And you can picture the beneficiaries kind of sitting up in their seats with interest when this information comes mm, across. Exactly, exactly. And I think the thing is that if items are valuable, then sometimes it can be very useful to discuss that with the solicitor because people might then say, actually, I want a clause in the will that makes it very clear that if I've still got that watch, it needs to be sold rather than someone receiving that as an extra bonus, shall we say. Now, what happens if I put someone in my will, but then they can't be found or they sadly die? Yes, I mean, sadly, that does happen. A lot of us want to leave a list of legacies to my friends, to old school friends, to people that you've been socialising with, godchildren, nieces and nephews, and you dutifully put them in your will with their name and address, and then they change name or they move house. And then when your executors come to write to them at that address, the letter comes back, addressy unknown. Tracking people down can be really time-consuming and costly because you can sometimes have to use tracing agents. In the past, everyone had their address book that a lot of people dutifully updated. And if you could find that address book, that often acted as a useful way of tracking these people down. But now in a more digital age, I think that the address books are fading out. And of course, you need to find the actual book. So what I would say is, if you have a list of legacies in your will, keep the addresses up to date. And that doesn't mean coming back in and changing your will with us. That means leaving an up-to-date address with the copy of the will that you have at home. Or even better, writing or emailing the lawyer who prepared your will at Warner's. And we can always store that information with your will. Fiona, can I give away all of my estate before I die? So my relatives don't have to pay AIHT. Oh, right. Yes. Well, <laughs> a lot of people are very keen to make sure that they plan their estates efficiently and they don't pay any more inheritance tax than they have to. And we see a lot of people who, when they come to see us, when they're executors after someone's died, we say to them, well, what about any gifts that the deceased might have made? Because they are included in an estate if they are within seven years of someone's death. And they look at us and they say, oh, yes, she did used to make gifts. Or, yes, I'm sure they used to give us some money each year. And, you know, it is it is one legal way of giving money to your family before your death. And I'm not proposing to go into the details of what you can and can't gift. That's a subject for another day. But you do have to declare gifts for inheritance tax. And executors are under a strict duty to make full inquiries of these. For example, some of the HMRC guidance confirms that they view going through the deceased bank statement for the seven years prior to their death as something that you should do to track down gifts. So it can be really uh, time consuming to try and track down gifts if no one is sure, or if you think people aren't declaring gifts when they should do. So what I would say is if you are making gifts, then keep a list it really doesn't have to be anything particularly fancy 
a list that is just entitled gifts and has a simple columns with the date, the amount and the name of the person who's receiving the gift is enough. Sometimes people send a letter or an email and keep a copy of that with their will. But HMRC really does focus on gifts. And so it will make the administration of your estate much easier for your executors because trying to establish gifts after someone has died is often really time consuming. The other thing to watch out for is if you can prove to HMRC that you have excess income that you don't need for everyday living, then during your lifetime you can gift that on a regular basis inheritance tax free. Now the rules on this are are really quite complex as to what is and isn't allowed so I'm not proposing to go into those details now but what I'd like to think about is the paperwork that you could leave to make this part of your your estate easier to deal with because the form that HMRC asks your executors to complete after your death is extremely detailed you have to give a full breakdown of your income and your expenses for each tax year as well as listing out the gifts that you've made So trying to do that after someone's died is always very difficult and really time consuming. Trying to work out income isn't normally too difficult using someone's tax return. But bear in mind, it's also ISA income that is included. And that can often be the point that we have difficulties with. And so the real point is trying to work out someone's annual expenses to prove to the revenue that they had excess income. So sometimes we do have to analyse seven years of bank statements. So what I would say is if you're considering making these types of gifts, then come and see us because we can check if we think you're qualified for the exemption and we can give you some suggestions on how you make record keeping easier for your executors. And I guess all this is digital now, isn't it? Yes, I mean, entirely, a lot of people keep their records on a digital format now, but equally, if someone wants to keep it on a piece of paper or in a notebook, Mm. it really doesn't matter. The main thing is that it's accessible. An interesting area. Now, I know quite a few people who don't have a will, actually, and what would happen to their estate if they die before they have made one? Well, this is a very common scenario. So when someone dies without a will, it's known as dying intestate, and the law will then decide who inherits and who is entitled to administer the estate and various other things so if you have minor children it doesn't cover who is going to act as their guardians it doesn't cover what age the children will inherit it's an automatic inheriting at 18 which a lot of parents don't particularly want so whatever stage of life someone's at whenever i see a client grappling with no will in existence it makes matters so much worse for the family because they're already bereaved they're juggling bereavement with their work and family life and general day-to-day living and then they've got this big question mark because they haven't got any guidance as to what their relative wanted so a lot of people are thinking is there a will or oh i'm sure they mentioned it or did they mention it or might it be here and there's sort of huge searches in the house to try and find the will so if you end up with an intestacy then I would say um, you know come and see us because we can advise on who is entitled to act and who is inherits but I really would stress that it is so much easier if you make a will and I know that a lot of people a lot of clients come to me and they say oh that was much easier making the will than I thought it would be I really wasn't looking forward to that And I think people often delay making a will because they really don't know how to deal with their family issues. So they might have a family dispute or they might be on a second marriage and want to divide things between their second spouse and the children from the first marriage. 
they might want to divide assets unequally if one of the children is in the family business they might have an estrangement they might not want to someone to inherit at all again my message would be to come and see us because these are all scenarios that we've seen and advised on so we're very used at saying these are the options open to you and we can always find a solution that means that we can put a will in place that will hopefully make life easier for your relatives and your executors advice is essential isn't it the diy will aspect is fraught with problems i would have thought well yes i mean people do sometimes do that and i would always say to clients come and see us solicitors have legal training but not just legal training in uh, wills and probate law but they will have been trained in all aspects of the law so business property so making a will encompasses a lot of different strands in your life because a lot of people have business assets most people have a house so it's really important to come and see someone who is able to bring all those strands together and give you the best advice so that the will is the best will that you can Mm. possibly have sure absolutely and to kind of finalize this discussion do you think we should maybe elaborate on our favorite topic record keeping (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i mean none of us like that you know my heart sinks if i have to come home and i see a huge pile of envelopes to deal with but we all have to deal with it and it doesn't matter whether you do it on paper or digitally or however you do it and having had experience of sadly going into someone's house where we're an executor and having to work out their filing system i think if you can keep all your paperwork shall we say in one place and keep it updated then that really helps people so if you had a back building society and you've closed it then write closed on it and keep it separately from all the active stuff and uh, you know if you've bought some premium bonds then don't file them you know in the kitchen behind the toaster thinking i must take that upstairs try and put it with all the other paperwork because it's really helpful to your family if they are looking through your affairs after you've died to be able to know that everything is in one place Um, so some clients will actually say it's all right i've told my children everything's in that chest of drawers or that filing cabinet and that can really help people also having a, a list of what everything is so this is where my bank is this is my investments this is my salary or my pension and and then going on looking at mortgages or household bills or insurances as well as who to contact it can always really help people but keeping it up to date is crucial the other thing i would say is as and when you make your will always check with your executors that they're happy to act and you don't need to tell them what is in your will but it's really useful if they know that they have a role in the administration of your estate after your death thank you fiona you've made it all very clear actually i have to say and if anyone wants more information about the administration of, of their estate how can they get hold of you well have a look on our website we have a whole team of lawyers who are happy to help and my email is um, f.taylor at warners.law but any one of the private client lawyers would be happy to assist thank you very much well fiona that's great i've had the pleasure of being joined by fiona taylor today a partner in warner's private client team and for more information about how to make contact with warner's that information's coming up soon for me paul harvey thank you very much for joining us Thank you for listening to this Warner Solicitors podcast. To find out more about our expert legal teams and the advice and services they deliver for both individuals and businesses, please go to warners-solicitors.co.uk.